Welcome to your next step of the self-publishing mountain. I'm Matilda Swift, author of Quintessentially British Cozy Mysteries. And I'm Samantha Cummings, author of young adult books about magic, myths and monsters. I've written the books. Changed their covers. Tweaked their blurbs. Tried tools from a dozen ads courses. And I'm still not seeing success. Now, we're working together to plot and plan our way from barely making ends meet to pulling in a living wage. Join us on our journey where we'll be mastering the pen to snag that paycheck. Hello and welcome to Pen to Paycheck Authors Podcast. I'm Sam Cummings, here with my co-host Matilda Swift, and we're here to write our way to financial success. We're two indie authors with over a dozen books between us and still a long way to go towards the quit the day job dream. If that sounds familiar, listen along for our mastery through missteps journey. Each week we cover a topic to help along the way. This week's topic is going to be about standing out and fitting in. But before we do that, we're going to kick off with our wins and whinges. So, Matilda, what is your win slash whinge of the week? I am going for just a win this week because we have had a great day. I've just dropped my pen. We've had a great day. Um, (laughs) Every month we meet for a long face-to-face session where we talk some about the podcast, but also some in-depth things about our writing, planning, our big um, mastermind day. Uh, We do all sorts of things and we meet in the beautiful Museum of Science Industry in Manchester, which is a fantastic old building. It's made of old railway warehouses and it's enormous and it's full of these really interesting interactive exhibits. And my dad is now, he's recently retired and he volunteers there once a week. And he's the one who told us that there's a secret quiet area to meet in for free where we can just sit and spread out and have our mastermind groups. Um, And my dad is also a photographer. Um, That's one of his big He's always been into it, but it's his big like retirement activity um, that he does a lot of work on. He does um, uh, lots of stock photography and really enjoys it. And so I asked him to come in and take photographs of us. Uh, I think we both needed some author photo redos. Mine is quite old. My dad did my original one and it was a while ago now, maybe seven <laughs> years old. Uh, it's also not very on brand with my genre. so. That's also kind of touching on what we're talking about today. So we wanted those redoing. There's lots of nice backgrounds, beautiful old brick walls in the museum, um, as well as some interesting exhibits that kind of fit with my branding. Um, And then he also took some of us for the podcast. So it was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, He was very uh, helpful. He picked out lots of locations for us because he's there every week. And yeah, it was really nice just to do something a bit different and to get those updated. How about you? Yes. Uh, mine's the same, same win um, was our meeting, which I always find the most helpful. Um, I know that we do these podcasts every week and this is obviously very helpful, but meeting face to face is just like, it just makes things so much easier. But obviously like getting pictures taken as well, same. I haven't had um, an updated picture for a long time and all of my pictures have just been selfies. So <laughs> it's nice to have somebody else. Um, somebody else taking the pictures even though I do do Chandler face Um, whenever (laughs) a camera turns in my direction and my eye starts to kind of twitch and I forget how to smile (laughs) yeah it's it's always fun but yeah that's um the fact that we've like done that across the off the list I feel like it's a win big win very happy yeah and it's very on brand for like what we're trying to do with this group it's just like there's things that have been on my list for ages such as mm. redo my author photos and just yes. having another person do it um you know obviously I, I see my dad all the time I saw him yesterday like we, we could have done this <laughs> at any point so I think but you don't right you don't think oh yeah. I'll just 
organize that and find a good background and get the right outfit because it's a lot of palaver as is everything to do with self-publishing everything is like one thing explodes into 10 tasks this is oh, yes. like that but actually it's nice to do it with somebody else when you kind of got that yeah. responsibility to get it done for somebody else and with somebody else it makes it feel bizarrely easier I think it would seem yes. to make people like it would make it harder but it's, yeah it feels a lot easier and it makes things much more doable so again constant advocating for like find somebody to do this with do not go through this yes. journey alone no please don't everyone find a buddy and hold on to them <laughs> mm-hmm. um so this week's topic we're continuing with kind of an, on, an ongoing topic uh, for a few weeks and we're, this one really continues from last week so we were looking last week at niches niches how we figure out what that is um and this week we just wanted to make sure that we could figure out how we can kind of both fit into a a niche so we want to make sure we are uh fitting into that but enough that it fits into also a wider genre or subgenre that somebody would recognize and then how do we stand out enough to say that like I have a really specific brand and this is who I am so how do we kind of combine those two um and we had to come up with our plan this week to figure that out how have you got on with that um oh I've come a long way in the last few days with that um Mm-hmm. At the start of the year, I was looking at my comp authors um, and comp books just to try and figure out like where I sit within my genre and um, with like my contemporaries within in the genre. And I kind of dropped that ball because it seemed like a big task and I wasn't really there mindset wise. So I've re-picked that up this week mm-hmm. um, to see what uh, what other people are doing and have come up with like a document that I'm working on, which I like to call my author bible. Um, to see like what everyone else is doing and what what is expected of me for my genre. Um, so looking at tropes that people enjoy, um, but also looking at things that people don't enjoy. So I have been trawling through reviews of books in my genre and looking at the negative reviews. So I'm really sorry, but everyone's negative reviews have helped me greatly. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think but like we talked learning... earlier, saying like negative reviews are not objectively negative. They are. They're not. No, and and it, you really don't have to listen to all of them, especially like we said, it's people's opinions aren't always right. It's just their opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But by looking at quite a lot of them, um, there were a lot of trends that came out of um, of the well of like the good reviews and the bad reviews, which has helped me to continue continuously narrow down on my niche and what the expectations are for my books. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've, I have made a lot of headway in figuring out how to fit in by seeing like what everyone else is doing. Um, and then with standing out, again, this kind of ties in with what we were talking about last week with niches, niches. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say both ways now. Um, which is finding the things that I like and the things that I do well and and making them my like what I shout about about my books mm. so yeah like it's I've had a really successful week in it's it really just all feels like mindset stuff still um even though I have got a document which I've written loads of stuff in it's more about like I've really started to understand who I'm going to be going forwards if that makes sense <laughs> Like, yeah, like, I that just, sounds like I'm very positive. Oh, I'm, I'm very like a, such a floaty person. I just throw things like I'm the person that throws spaghetti at walls and just sees what happens. But I feel like maybe I'm going to be putting spaghetti in the bowl instead, <laughs> 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 like on purpose. 
do that's you where my feel like going. <laughs> yeah do you feel like it's been a process like you had to spend time throwing spaghetti at the wall to figure out how spaghetti works I th- yeah that's how I learn so mm-hmm. that is definitely something that I've had to do and I know that there are p- some people who love to do all like they like to get things right immediately off like as soon as they start they just know what they're doing and they are very like not narrow-minded what's the word just like really focused and they people can Mm. just do things off the bat they're great they know what they're doing I'm not that sort of person I'm such a scatterbrain I really have to learn from doing and sometimes you have to learn from doing wrong (laughs) and um Mm -hmm. I even though I have wasted a lot of years doing some wrong things I do feel like those years haven't been wasted because I like I wouldn't be where where I am now if I hadn't gone through all that yeah I do feel like there's such <laughs> negative language about it and I, I use it myself about myself but saying things like you know scatterbrained and wasted years mm-hmm. it does really feel like because you can see some people who started or seemed to start from nothing and then became millionaires overnight you mm-hmm. think okay it's possible and I am a hardworking, dedicated, smart person. I'm creative. I could do that. It's within my powers to do that. But I think there's no point. There's no point um, kind of comparing yourself to somebody else. Oh, so I think no. when we're looking at standing out and fitting in, it's not. It's not comparing yourself to somebody else and saying, "How am I going to copy their journey mm-hmm. or their style?" You're yeah. not somebody else. You can't do that. Um, oftentimes, it's not someone's first try. Oftentimes, someone. No has done things you can't see and there's no way for you to know that and there's no point comparing yourself to that they might have a mentor that you don't know about they might have a lot of financial resources that you don't know about they might have a background in social media there's absolutely no point comparing yourself to somebody else I think all you're trying to do is make sure that you are being purposeful deliberate that you are kind of not that you're not knowingly wasting time I think it's that right I think that you're not you can say I'm working as hard as I can right now with the tools I've got um, and that you happen to not have been born an expert in self-publishing. It's not really your fault. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, um, I, I'm not angry at the steps that I've taken to get to mm. where I am today. Like I feel like I have, I appreciate every misstep as well as every like, like good step. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that is how I learn. Unfortunately, some people would, would think that I've taken a long time to get to where I am but for me it's just the right time like it's just taken but the maybe time. it's not it unfortunate was... I think is what I want to say is like yeah. sometimes I think you can't get to a certain sort of creativity by mm. going straight um yeah I know that a lot of people say in 20 books like and I'm sure it comes from other places as well but you hear it a lot in 20 books of like there's a lot there's many ways at the mountain like there isn't oh, yes. one right way and it's not like the fastest way is the best way the fastest way is just one way and it looks the best because yeah. it looks like they have reached the summit first but like maybe they didn't enjoy anything about the journey and maybe mm-hmm. they drop dead from exhaustion five minutes later like, <laughs> <laughs> that we all have a sense of what a goal is like to climb some mm-hmm. mountain or to, to be successful in full-time or whatever does not mean that the people who do it the fastest are doing it the best you i think i think standing out and fitting in is a good discussion topic to kind of think about that in terms of it because oftentimes you know if you if you're wanting to be maybe too focused and straight up the mountain you can just try and fit in and I think that can be a bit soul destroying you can just say who is making big money this year how do I do exactly what they did to Mm. to an extent that is often not 
creative at all. Like you will see incredibly similar covers come out to someone very popular. You'll see similar titles. You'll see their names slightly recombined. It's like, what is the point of that? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's not theft, but it's not what we're here to do. Um, But then I think those people are, you know, really different to people that listen to this podcast. And I think we all would agree that it's not what most people who are interested in writing are here to do. Um, but then yeah. you can see like, oh, maybe I should do something like that because people are having success doing that copying. And you can feel that temptation. Oh. But yeah. yeah, But you want to be yourself. Yes. Like I would rather, um, and I've always had, said this, and, like, and I think when I first said it, I didn't really mean it. And now I think I do really mean it. I would rather it took <laughs> 40 years to have the success that I want and that it felt good and that I felt like I had earned it and that it was exactly where I want it. And it took one year to have something that looked like that and wasn't real. Yes, I, I mm. agree. And I think um, I've seen a lot of people in my writing circles this week talking about um, like feeling run down and demotivated mm. and demoralized and, and all the bad words because their books aren't selling at the moment. And there's like this huge trend of particularly in fantasy, the spicy fantasy books are coming out. Oh. And the, the, I, like one of my friends, I don't know if she is going to listen to this, so I'm sorry, I'm not airing your dirty laundry. I won't, won't name names, but she's <laughs> she <laughs> has suggested that like maybe she makes her next book more spicy because it fits in with the trend. Mm. Because out of sheer frustration, she is like looking at other people's success and and thinking like, why I deserve the same success, but like the flash in the pan, the pan that is spicy books is is what might get me more sales. I think, I, I think everyone's had that thought, right? It's like, it's so, someone's yeah. doing something similar to me and making a lot, yeah. lot more money. Mm-hmm. I could do something like that. But it doesn't feel authentic to mm-hmm. her and it wouldn't feel authentic to me. Um, to I mean, for young adults, it's, a, like, it's not really something that I can really do and I wouldn't want to. Um, but yeah, I would the idea of writing to a trend i said this before in our meeting um there's like writing to trends and then there's writing i can't remember what my exact wording was but basically to market trends. right we're looking at trends yeah, versus writing market. To market. yes exactly so trends come and go the market remains so like mm-hmm. i know i want to write for market so um my genre and what genre expectations are but i don't want to write to trends because for me personally it it would be soul destroying and that's just me. Mm. Um, so as much as I could fit in more if I wanted to and album my way into these places that I think is where all the money is, I don't think that would make me happy. I'd rather take 40 years to stand out on my own, create my own um, readership and my own um, genre like wins that people would look at me and be like, oh, I want to do what she's doing. I would rather mm. it took me 40 years and to feel the set, the, the satisfaction of like staying true to myself and I don't think readers can see it so I think this is what I've been thinking of with yeah yeah. this is what I've been thinking of in terms of standing out and fitting in is I'm I'm thinking about a new series I talk about this quite a bit I'm thinking about a new series um and part of it came out of like wanting to really be more deliberate about it so the very first series that I wrote the Heather Vale Mysteries it was very accidentally quite to market but not to market um, just because I've read a lot of mysteries and I happen to be from 
England and have been and like love small English villages. I love cake. I love crafts. I basically am a walking cozy mystery. Yeah. Um, you don't I love, love murder. I mean, I think a murder's around every corner. I feel like people mention this increasingly the more I write mysteries. Like it's definitely increasing in me, but I have always been like, what could be happening? Um, so yes so i think i am a natural crazy mystery writer so the very first series that i wrote i did not think enough about it um and i think it's not it's not not to market but it's hard it's hard to market it um yeah. which is like two two different work use of the word market um yeah but yeah by which i mean it's just it's hard to it's not a one click buy um you know people aren't seeing it and thinking that's exactly what i'm looking for people who read it give great reviews and it's got you know good reviews in general um it just isn't a book that people are thinking i must look at this and like tell my friends about it straight away um and then my second series was was quite similar i was like i i I think we talked about this last week of i I thought i really want to write a shorter series because quite often cozies are shorter and also i want to be able to write more books a year and kind of and be able to move a bit faster um and I thought that would maybe be a bit like to be able to alternate those long and short as well would kind of help me mix it up a bit. And that's as far as I thought. Um, and I did not think what's to market. Um, <laughs> so again, I would say in fact, they're further from the market. They are really a cross of like cozy mystery and detective fiction, which it sounds like you cannot market that. Um, so then so I thought I really, really want to write something to market, but not to trend and not mm. to formula like something that people will see and think i know exactly what that is and it's exactly what i'm looking for um and so to try and combat that being to cookie cutter i i spent some time thinking about my butter list um mm-hmm. which if anyone has read uh the t taylor seven figure fantasy i think it's called though i constantly forget the name of that because it's never quite the name <laughs> i think it is but i'm pretty sure it's I'm seven figure sure. fantasy yeah, seven I look figure it up fiction. I think it's like seven figure fiction for fantasy or something. There's definitely fiction in there. Who knows? You know what? It'll yeah. be in the show notes. I mean, and, I just, and whatever I it is. just bought it. <laughs> I yeah, I've, I, I look at it all the time. Um, it is just, it's not quite the title that sticks in my head because also it's not about fantasy, the genre. Um, no. <laughs> and it's not really, it's not really about being seven figure author. It's, no. <laughs> this is what's slightly frustrating about it. It's, the title is, does not reflect what the book is. I can see why it's named that way, but um, which is a good lesson in titling. I can see why it's named that way, and it makes you click on it. Right, that's that's great branding. Um, yeah, it's very distinctive. Currently, the cover is is like a bright yellow book, um, and it is. Uh, if you even just Google like butter writers, <laughs> Taylor, you'll probably find it because it's very well known. Um, but it is really good at kind of distilling how to. F- how to just think about what makes your book desirable um and it it has a lot of romance content in there because i think romance is much easier to see what makes somebody be mm. like yes versus no because romance readers are incredibly specific about their tropes so a romance mm. reader might want um you know enemies to lovers but they don't want um i don't know like no age gap stuff like <laughs> just like this yeah, yeah. specific romance yeah. tropes yeah. like there aren't that like, code specific cozy tropes um that you're like mm-hmm. you'll never read this one i'll definitely read this one um i i love i love how people passion are so passionate about it um so it's really seeing romance and 
um the 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 book the seven figure fantasy might be called that um is really about kind of looking at slightly more detail than nuance parts of that of like what is a thing for you that when you see it in a film when you look at it in a tv show or read it in a book you will instantly be like yes i cannot resist and for me it's a bookshop anything set in a bookshop even if i am very aware it's bad like i can look <laughs> at it and be like that's awful it's like going to be it's gonna make me hate myself watching it i will watch it um <laughs> and i cannot resist <laughs> and there yeah. are other things like that that i really enjoy but like i get a real sort of like thrill in your stomach like butterflies in your stomach at the idea of it that is your mm-hmm. butter list it's like anything that belongs on that and you will love writing that I love ah oh, just the idea of writing something set in a bookshop my new series is set in bookshops and I am so unreasonably excited about it <laughs> just the smells the sights the like yeah mm-hmm. all the vocabulary yeah. I love everything about it yeah and like just thinking about it and like the same for baking and Christmas I absolutely love Christmas I'm not putting Christmas in the series because it's too too many things it's too hard to tie <laughs> together but I've got a lot of things in the series that are like things that are butter to me and they don't necessarily have to be in the whole series the whole book so one thing I'm doing when I plan the first book is like going through and really thinking about the butter so that for me is how I'm going to stand out is by like making this my passion project like putting in things that I absolutely adore and so when people read my books they know this book is just a real visceral pleasurable experience it is joy on every page um and and it it'll be things that are joyful to me so there'll be kind of things that belong to my branding so things like there will be a small English village there will be lots of cake (laughs) those are things that you get in all my books (laughs) um there will be a slightly sassy best friend or maybe a very sassy best friend (laughs) which I love (laughs) there will be you know some like curvy women great dress sense like things that I love that you get in all my books I want to just really make sure I'm foregrounding those so that is how I'm going to stand out those things can all belong in a crazy mystery many of them are common in crazy mysteries some of them have a slight slant on that I really love um but I'm gonna fit in by saying okay I've got an enormously long butter list I'm looking at some comp authors and when I was first planning this series I had a really 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 convoluted concept of what was gonna happen it was like layer after layer of like okay I want to fit in this this thing from, that I love so I, she needs to start here and then to do something she needs to go and leave her hometown and do this thing and then she fails and she quickly comes back and then she is in trouble so she and it was just like uh, impossible it was horrible um and so taking a bit of time to think okay I need to fit in I need to say like I meet all the expectations of cozy and then I can stand out so I need to take some stuff out or like think about how to reorder it or in fact, some of it I've just put in as backstory and think I can do a prequel. Mm-hmm. In fact, I need to do a prequel novella. So like, don't put everything in the first two pages. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was really helpful to think about. So coming at it from, this, from the standing out point and then pulling back was actually much more enjoyable than what I think a lot of people do is like come in from the fitting in point of like, what are all my comp authors doing? Who can I be copying right now? And then how can I mm-hmm. add something that shows I'm not quite copying? So that was really good for me. Um, and just making sure I was focusing on this standing out versus fitting in has been a great way to like give me some of a, something of a reality check. Um, so I am not just doing what I've done in my previous series of like jumping in with not just both feet, but like both feet head first, even like <laughs> diving in, throwing away all the like safety equipment, 
don't look yeah. back don't kind read the warning signs <laughs> yes um <laughs> yes so just thinking about um i yeah thinking about fitting in has been really helpful and just using that to you know if i if ever do like a writing prompt um in like a, a writing group sometimes constraints can be really helpful they really help you judge what belongs in something and they help you consider something a bit more closely um and i think that's maybe a good way to think about fitting it. it's like it's just a constraint on your writing that will in the long long run help you make your reader more satisfied well like in most things um and this is something that me and my boyfriend talk about a lot because we are really into films and um and so we talk a lot about like scripts and um screenplays mm. and things and one of the things that we always love to talk about so i'll bring this up here is that um you you really have to know the rules of the genre in order to break them so mm. you, you really need to figure out how you can fit in to know where you can stand out like you ha- you have to have that balance because like otherwise if you don't know what your constraints are like can you can't you can't work with it you have to try and figure out how you're going to flow into and move around within it Mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting I, I just had a friend that <laughs> definitely does yeah I just had a friend so I watched Saltburn recently and really love Saltburn um, and it really captured an experience because I am very much the same age and have a similar um, educational background as the writer of it so I also went to Cambridge around the same time as her and I had another friend who did the same and we were both very much the um, let's say the main character of the story of like the person who comes from a not fancy posh school background does not live in a mansion um and goes and is kind of like has your eyes open in a in a way which is both good and bad um so i really wanted him to watch it to kind of see the experience um and but he's very into um like dissecting things and understanding narrative and stuff it's really interesting talking about it but he's not a writer um so we were both saying kind of the Salt, both love Saltburn. Really loved it because it's so capturing experience we both have, uh, we both have had. And the first half of the movie is exactly the story of something we experienced taken to a fictional place. And then the second half of the story is a whole different story. Um, and so it really felt like I, I could have watched two different movies. Like they were two different movies put together. Um, and I love both of them, but I think you know and and it was such an interesting film that like kept everyone talking kept us talking a lot um but it did really feel like i would have loved it more had it slightly more stuck to my expectation of like either been more of the first film taken to the end or the second film more earned from the beginning mm-hmm. um and that was a really good example of standing out fitting in because it did do both those things i think it just didn't fit in it was like a hair off Balance and wrong. no criticism yeah. because i absolutely loved it <laughs> like fine, yeah. you've got to take a big a big like a big swing and it paid off mm-hmm. fantastically um but i think you Sometimes do feel this niggle of like yeah yeah i think you do feel this niggle of like you know it could have been slightly more foreshadowed from the beginning like i could have expected mm-hmm. things to happen slightly more at the beginning and found it more satisfying but mm-hmm. okay Ooh, we should <laughs> Great. at some point we should talk about reading um with a critical eye and like are watching yeah. things with a critical eye because I, I feel like that would be a really fun thing to talk about yeah and in fact i know sasha black does that a lot so i think um there's i think it can be really really helpful i think not enough authors do it um mm. just looking at things thinking why someone's done what they did i 
did a master's in creative writing, which I would not necessarily recommend everyone to do. It was interesting at the time that I did it. Um, and I got some good experiences from it, but I don't think it's necessary at all. But I did learn a really good experience of taking a paragraph on book and really like copying the sentence structure, the like type of word choice, and just word by word figuring out the effect and the impact of everything you're putting on the page. Um, so I think we could talk a lot about kind of different ways to learn tools by reading mm-hmm. and like we learn tools on your own, um, which I think yeah. can be really valuable um and a lot of fun <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah i'd love to do that yeah um in I've, the future. I've got one more thing i <laughs> think right on now. this topic but i think did you have yeah. anything else to talk about on, on the idea of like standing out fitting in um no i think that i, th- I feel like i covered off all of my all my thoughts and feelings on it <laughs> <laughs> um i think the only other thing that that came up today when we were kind of chatting about this beforehand um was something that someone mentioned in a clubhouse group that i'm in for authors it's a really good actually just general group of different authors talking about things that they've seen in the news or what's interesting so it brings together lots of surprising different topics um it's a little bit like if we had 50 different people's podcast all just being like you know what i heard today this it wouldn't be a great podcast but it's a good daily chat um <laughs> but in that one thing that came up that's kind of relevant to today is when um Iron Flame came out. Everybody was obsessed with it, and every everything I heard was, "It's not my genre," but, and it was usually, "It's not my genre," but I absolutely could not resist picking it up. And it was an expensive book, right? It was a full price mm-hmm. ebook from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's no discounts. It was like yeah. I, I would never normally spend whatever it was eleven ninety nine on a book. I would mm-hmm. never normally read books in this genre, and I could not resist it. Um, and I read the beginning of it. And it was so gripping. I didn't buy the full book because because I I've got my my to read list is enormous. And I was like, I cannot get sucked <laughs> in by this, but I so wanted to. Um, yeah, I I mean, I sort of now I'm talking about. It, I do want to read it. No, okay, but <laughs> it's a really good example of standing out and fitting in because you read, and you think I know exactly what genre this is. I know what's going to happen even in the end. I can tell already everything that's coming and I'm sure there's gonna be some twists and turns but like I have got a very very good understanding of like my experience I'm going to get from this it I it felt very safe and comforting in that way but it Mm -hmm. also stood out in that it just felt like crackling with life like really it was so exciting just the feeling of like everything is happening everything is at its a game and there's a really good article um, that was recommended in this clubhouse group. That's how I got onto this. Um, from Author Stack. It's called 11 Tropes in Three Pages. And it's someone going through, and in fact, reading a story with kind of a critical eye and looking at the tropes that have been put in. And when you look at it, it looks incredibly intentional. And I'm sure it is incredibly intentional. I'm just like, how to hook a reader. It's like a masterclass in how to hook a reader. And it's just like taking tropes, butter, whatever you want to call them, like things that are irresistible um to readers you know there's like a parent-child conflict there's like siblings helping each other there's a impossible battle there's you know magical forces overpowering you there's everything crammed in that you just think what's gonna happen next i can't resist (laughs) (laughs) i really want to read that book i need to read this book i know it has been on my list for a long time and i just i the same my Mm -hmm. reading list is already so big i just Mm -hmm. can't can't throw myself into another series but I probably Mm. will at some point this year yeah I think I think the thing about that is is that they're so seamlessly blended together they don't feel like 
I am writing a trope. They feel like this is very organic. And it is a great example of standing out and fitting in because these are all tropes. I've seen every single one a dozen times. I've seen them in combination. I've seen them in really, really similar books to this. It was just that it's done really well and done in a way that does not feel like I'm checkboxing a list of tropes. Um, so that is a great example of someone who is standing out and fitting in and doing it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't so, yeah, wait to read that article. <laughs> yeah. It, it was really interesting. And, it, and it's, you know, it's what you think, like it's just someone going through the trope list, but it's like a great way of just yeah. like somebody dissecting a a mm. book. Uh, and and it's, it's within the section you can read on the, the look inside. So a great, a great yeah. easy way for you to kind of do some analysis. Um, mm-hmm. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think this is an ongoing journey for both of us. Like, but I think an important thing to kind of keep front of mind is figuring out how am I giving the reader what they want while also giving them me yeah yes very well put mm. um so for next week's topic we're going to continue with um, these focused po- podcasts on branding and being and we're going to be talking about writing to our brand guidelines so do you already have thoughts on this <laughs> um i am about to start this new series next month um and yeah. the, the writing process that really works for me that i found through trial and error is to write the first 10,000 words and then stop for a while. Um, sometimes I'll do it for months on end, depending on how like my schedule is going alternating books. Um, but this one I'm intending to do a couple of weeks. I'm really trying to get into this new series. Um, so write the first 10,000 words, see how it goes um, rather than, and then like come back with a very fresh set of eyes and, and edit uh, and not necessarily do a huge amount of editing on it, but but if needed, I can do a complete restart or I can just make myself some notes on what's change and then go from there um, and figure out, am I standing out for it enough? So before then, I really want to make sure that I've got an incredibly clear set of um, notes on what I'm going to put in in terms of the butter and make sure yes. that I know that my butter fits to the, my branding. So mm-hmm. I think brand guidelines for me feels a little bit strict in terms of um you know like I I, as part of my day job I work in publishing um and we have like style guides writing guides uh and those are really really strict of like which spellings you can use um Mm -hmm. they can be like what what word choice you use in certain situations so I think for me I want to make sure that brand guidelines feels quite broad maybe not like not incredibly specific so feel really broad and make sure I'm understanding that I've got, you know, several things such as English, you know, culinary, um, quirky, sassy, like making sure I'm fitting all those things in and find a way to make myself some sort of, not a checklist, that's not what I want, but some sort of um, thing to check against (laughs) that I am meeting those requirements. (laughs) And that is hard to figure out what it is without writing myself what is going to feel like a very strict document that is Mm -hmm. is like I've had for work and I don't want to have that so I think for me I want to figure out what do brand guidelines look like and how do I make sure I'm meeting them without feeling like it's a constraint how about you yeah yeah I think that's a good way to look at it is because I'm similarly I similarly work in marketing um and I have brand guidelines for the company that I work for which is all about fonts colors and um, like the distance a logo is from the edge I was literally just about to say that the space around the logo <laughs> all the good yeah. stuff um which is um very and they're very like you've got to be on it or 
thank people for hissy fits. Um, but I think for writers, brand guidelines aren't like the term brand guidelines is very like misleading. Um, I don't know we, what better we came term up with ourselves. I, for this we process. did, we did come up. I know, but I don't. I know that there must be a better term. But brand guidelines mm-hmm. is it does cover it. But I feel like mm-hmm. we we also might be able to figure out a better term for it. That might be um, a sweet yeah, plan. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that um, like one of my tasks this week is coming up with my butter list. Um, so I think that'll all fit in really well with me. I think I, it's just a case of, for me, figuring out like my what my um, necessary requirements are for writing, which is my butter, the things that make me really passionate about a project. And then also having the the rules that, I know I have to stick to for my genre and and trying to find a way to like maybe like maybe I'll be percentage based maybe I'll do like 50 50 or maybe I'll do 30 of this and you know like I mix and match what I come up with I don't know what it looks like but yeah mm. I'm excited <laughs> yeah I, I think it'd be like helpful to have something thing. that yeah I think it'd be helpful to have something that covers not just this series or this book it is you as a whole mm-hmm. um, which I think mm-hmm. I have never considered having before um and I think I will find it really useful so I don't know what yeah I do think part of this week's I should be finding a better name for it because I don't think Brand Garland is it even though we did write that down <laughs> ourselves um but that's because of our our day job backgrounds so we'll, step one think of a new term yeah step two yeah. create it yeah step three yes. profit mm-hmm. yeah I'm just looking so I'm just looking at my board that I've got all of my like post-its and stuff stuck on because I know that one of my sheets of paper has um has some like words and stuff that I came up with that I wanted to stick to so I think that's mm-hmm. gonna probably come out as well some sort of visual mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do a presentation I'll Nicholas Cage can can move and I'll put something there <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think as well you're very good on the visual side of things um I think maybe from your web background is naturally thinking about brand guidance including things like cover and fonts and social media and websites mm-hmm. whereas I often just think of it as the words inside the book and that is too limiting Mm -hmm. brand guidelines should cover everything so are you Mm -hmm. you know thinking about like spicy fantasy like how do you how are you going to convey that are you using reds are you using slightly Mm -hmm. risque cover images i don't know i don't know what spicy fantasy is i really don't (laughs) want to know um it's not my genre you you nailed it (laughs) yeah okay um but yes so i think that i think i really want to think comprehensively so I think that's maybe where the, the branding guidelines comes in as being a useful idea of thinking about it, not mm-hmm. just being words on a page. It is who are you being overall and how are you being that person? Yes. Um, big question. So we will talk yes. about that in possibly a long episode next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And thank you for joining me, Matilda. And we'll see everyone next week. Bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Pen to Paycheck Authors. Stay tuned for our next episode and don't forget to subscribe to learn how to write your way to financial success.